What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Airbus Podcast. Being recorded live in outer space. What? what? I'm Jamel. I like Panic. It's us too. We're back. Uh, Peter is dead to us. No, wait. Mm, sure, why not? I don't know. Yeah. Emotionally, I mean, he's in Miami. He is currently, he was at uh, the Super Bowl site all week, and now he is uh, in Florida hanging out with his grandfather and a bunch of old people. Oh, uh, right. He knows those old dudes. Yeah. Peter, uh, come home to us. Where have you been? Yeah. He went to Florida to watch uh, the Super Bowl with the NFL 150. So they have the top 100 guys. Peter was with the next 50. Yeah. One through 150. Yep. Um, Sonny Sonny uh, <laughs> uh Jack Tatum, I don't know. Boswell Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Binky Binky Barnesworth. Binky Barnesworth. Do you uh did you ever read uh Life in Hell? No. Oh, it was like an old comic. It was what uh Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, it was, it's his long running comic strip. Oh. Uh dating back to like the eighties. Uh it was in LA Weekly every week until a few years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, there was a there's a character, the main character's named Binky. Well, motherfucking Binky, you need to send your home. Come back to us, Peter. Jamel, we, you and I had a, an eventful weekend, I think. Uh, why don't we – but why don't we start where the weekend started? Sure. Uh, Friday night, first game at the Staples Center since the passing of Kobe Bryant. Or I guess the first Lakers home game at the Staples Center that the Clippers had played the previous night. Yeah. Um, Portland Trailblazers are in town, very moving uh, 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 ceremony honoring Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant and the rest of the people uh, that were lost in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a dry eye in the house. Some beautiful photographs were taken. If you go online, you could see uh, a bunch of strong men crying at the loss of their friend and colleague. Uh and then the game started, and Dame Lillard was like, "Fuck your fancy night! <laughs> like I'm, like I'm gonna win this game. Blazers out!" And uh, and he did. He led. He scored 48 points to to lead uh, the Blazers to a victory over the Lakers on on the night where uh, they were mourning Kobe. Yeah, you know, and um, I believe that was you who tweeted it from the Airbuds. It was. It's how Kobe would have wanted it. I mean. How could you say anything else? Just a guy, just hell bent 
on fucking winning at any cost. Like the the sequence of plays felt very um felt very uh twenty four Mamba Kobe esque. He gets a tech because he thinks he's getting contact because he's been going to the rim and taking some hits and uh, falls down and just spazzes on the ref. He's like, what the fuck? It's like, to that point, it seemed like everybody but Dame and, and, and like, AD were in a daze. Like, were they even yeah. playing a game? And then uh, was and also, weirdly, Hassan Whiteside yeah, decided, decided he liked basketball again. Yeah, the exact moment nobody wanted him to. Yeah. Just like him. He curses out a ref, gets a tech, comes down, dunks on JaVale McGee. Mm, dunks on half the team. Yeah. And didn't get a call on that one. Which was wild. What the hell? I don't understand why superstars aren't getting calls. I think I, I they, that was the it, whole point. I it, I think it was uh, homerism to the extreme for, on the part of the refs, right? It has to be. Sure. It was it's a little. You fall asleep at the wheel. You're just not even sure what's happening out there. It was Kobe's. Uh, you know, it was Kobe's night, and Dame was uh, fucking with it. I think it's. I'm not a big the NBA is fixed guy, but like if ever there was a fix, it would be tonight, right? Yeah, and I don't think everybody would be fine. Or Friday that. night, yeah. Yeah. But, hey, so be it. Yeah. I, I, secretly, I wanted Portland to win this game. I'll be honest. I wanted – Well, you go. You what you got. Oh, no, no, no. You said you said because you well, had a because coming. Well, no, no, because you got to – you do this. Wait a minute. You, you do the visit. No, no, sorry. I was trying to be funny. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just like I don't know something from me being a kid was you know just a little bit of the what's left of that like fuck the Lakers energy in me was like you know what if Kobe was there I would want them niggas to lose this is for fucking Sabonis fouling out in 2000 let's go and like and like I the the personal narrative of Jamel Johnson requires the Trailblazers to make the playoffs. And so, like, I'm like, damn, this is a game. The, the Lakers are still stunned. If they Remind me again why you, why you need them to make the playoffs. I just need them to make the playoffs because, like, I'm so deep into the Dame camp. And then they add Melo. It's like, yeah, this is this is everything I stand for, these two dudes. I love it. And well, uh, oh, you, no, you, go on. You got to no. no, you and I look. I got nothing to say. You, you uh, okay? Look, um, I've also seen some some fools on the. Uh, well, I guess there's not a ton of people, but I'm sure there's more than just one person. I just saw one tweet come around us, kind of hating on Mello for not. It's like that was just, yeah out of nowhere. By the way, like it had nothing to do. Nobody mentioned Mello. Yeah, this guy just wanted to talk shit about Mello. 
And it's just like, but why? A guy who just just spoke to you is suddenly gone, and now you have to go play a game in the place you, like, saw him grow up. It's like. Yeah, it made no sense. Uh, fuck that guy on Twitter who was trying to make this an opportunity to talk shit about Melo. Uh, I mean, you know, people are looking for numbers, man. These This Twitter stuff, man, people like to get spicy, man. And they yeah. don't understand that, like, you know, we be talking about real people sometimes. I don't know that guy. But the Blazers making the playoffs, come on. You mean to tell me after Friday you don't want to watch the Lakers play the Trailblazers in the playoffs? And you know Melo's showing up. So now it's like now he wasn't ready to deal with it, but the stakes are so high he's going to have no choice. I think it's a strong possibility that it could be a 1-8 series between the Lakers and, and the uh, and the, the Blazers Blake. and I, the Blazars. And uh, I I think it, that could be a real upset. And don't let Nurkic be there. Don't let Nurkic or Zach Collins be available. If right. the Blazers, if the Blazers have one more big, it's right because right now it's Whiteside and Caleb fucking Swanigan. <laughs> what a name! What the hell? That's the name of a sausage company. That's the name of a people, a people who make breakfast sausages. Yeah, Caleb Swinigan's chicken breakfast sausages. You know what I'm saying? I do. Fuck you, Caleb Swanigan. We want Nurk back. We do. Nurk need to calm down on the bench, though. He's doing a little too much for my taste. He came up like and said something during Dave's post-game interview, and I really always liked Nurk, and then... Like I think he's doing too much. Yeah, that was the exact moment. It's like because he's been pouring little bottles of water on everybody, and it's like, dude, okay, we we won on a Tuesday night in Detroit. You do not need to put this water on me. And now, Dame's in the middle of this heartfelt, like, just interview after the game. And Nurk's trying to be fucking Mr. Fucking Goof Shorts. Is Nurkic the white Dwight Howard? Whoa, that's a... White Howard. He might be White Howard. That is his official name on this program. All right, let's go with it. White Howard. Yo, White Howard. We'd love to see you on the floor, but uh, keep some of them tiny waters for yourself. Yeah. We hate to see the patterns that you choose for your jackets. Oh, man. You're too large to be doing this stuff. Yeah, you look like a bedspread with your outfits so Yeah, and he, and he wears the mustard one too much. You rich. You, yo, just don't always come out in the mustard one. Um, well, let's keep the, the weekend moving. Unless you have anything else you want to... You wanna, I uh, thought it was pretty sick. I mean, honestly, I just I watched the whole game just like stunned in my house. Uh, it was definitely like a uh, 
Deborah and I had a reservation at a restaurant at like eight thirty, and I was just kind of like, all right, well, like you know, I'm gonna watch the first part of this game, and then we'll go eat, and then like seven o'clock, I put on ESPN because you know, I know like they're gonna be doing some special stuff. Yeah. Of course, they around seven fifteen, they kind of had like this video package uh, honoring Kobe, and then like around seven thirty, like the the actual kind of like mini memorial kicked off. And, like, I was just, like, I had lost it. I was in tears multiple times by that yeah, point. And, uh, and, yeah, Deborah, like, just very, my girlfriend, uh, for those listeners, just kindly were, like, uh, was, like, you, let's cancel dinner and just stay in. We'll order food. <laughs> like, she was, like, I think she knew I needed to stay in and watch uh, that game. And it it felt good to, like, I felt good that I watched the whole thing and that I, I was like maybe only going to watch part of it. Cause I like, I didn't want to watch that much basketball. It's been a tough week of, of basketball watching, <clears throat> but yeah, it felt uh, like a, uh, a night to remember in the, in the league in a lot of ways. Yeah. Dave Lillard fucking rules. I love him. And the bronze, you know, the speech was pretty good. It's hard. Felt. I mean, I feel like, Oh, let's talk about the speech. Here's one thing. I imagine it was most of what was written on the paper. I think LeBron was letting us know he's not good reading aloud. No, I have a different take. What do you got? The, the, uh, I don't need this piece of paper because I had to speak from the heart thing. Uh, wasn't spoken from the heart, but was written. LeBron, that is, like, it's such a, a cliche, the, like, crumple up the paper. Oh, uh, you and, think like, he pulled the wrestling move? The dude, he, he, he loves, he watches, he claims to love movies. He claims to, like, watch films all the time. I'm sure he's seen that in a thousand movies. And when someone was like, okay, LeBron, you, you're going to talk, what do you want to say? He was like, well, first of all, I'm going to crumple up my note and yeah. say, I'm going to speak from the heart. And then now, what do I say after? <laughs> like he, it was so fucking planned. I guarantee it. Was, it seemed a little planned, but it was also awesome that he cursed. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, I just was like, oh, I, this feels like a movie because it is in a thousand movies. Yeah. And the whole yeah. time, and it's like you're watching the speech, and you know everybody crying in the um the lead up and you're like yeah LeBron's going to be thinking about how this speech went for the whole game it's like how do you play a game after that yeah it felt a little uh, you know I'm sure that he wanted to do it I'm sure that he had uh, perhaps even asked to do it but it, it it's a little like there's a part of me that's just like man when is this guy going to like get to take a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I know- everything he does is under such scrutiny. And he's asked to do so much, and he is expected to do so much. He's expected to, like, grieve the loss of, like, a friend and mentor publicly uh, and, and kind of close the memorial and then immediately go out and win a game. Like, it just sucks. I'm like, I'm, I, I, I hope – uh, when LeBron retires, he like just becomes fat and happy and like stops talking about people. Publicly. Move to Miami, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, yeah. I uh, 
I know the turnaround is really quick. I wonder. I I would bet everything that if they had had a um like a memorial service instead. Remember when they canceled the Clipper game? Mm-hmm. Like if they had that memorial presentation that night, the Lakers win this game against Portland. They just needed, you know, a few more minutes with it. Yeah. I'm sure that has, I mean, uh, God bless his heart. Quinn Cook, man, like, there's some very, like, moving photos of, uh, of, of him just bawling in tears and LeBron with, like, his arm around him. And, like, I, a reporter asked him, about it, and he's like, I haven't stopped crying once, like, since I heard it. Yeah, and there's, like, and there's um, just so many moments in the lead-up of, like, everybody on ESPN just kind of, like, at random moments, like, like, realizing again that this shit is real. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching, and I'm um, like, oh, the Lakers can't be ready to play this game. No. Did you watch much of the uh, the broadcast before the game started? I watched um, a good amount because I had on the early game too. But I... Stephen A. Smith is like oh he was like losing. Was, he was out of off his fucking rocker, man. Like he was he like on Adderall, dude. I don't know what happened. Yeah, he was like screaming about like the Lakers, <laughs> like basically going undefeated for the rest of the season. Yeah. And like, like Kobe would have demanded this. Yeah. And then like I somebody also, also somebody else said that already and he just screamed the same thing for like three minutes. Yeah. Um yeah, prayers up for Stephen A. He's uh he's a little off his rocker at the yeah, moment. Yeah he's for sure on taking big boy Adderalls right now and uh I mean, he's the hardest working man in sports radio, so you got to be careful. You got to be careful when you're at the top of the mountain like that. That's why Steve Harvey doesn't have a perfect uh, flat top now because the stress. It just—it's like, oh, okay, never mind. I see what you're saying. <laughs> the stress took the flat I thought you like, yeah. I thought you, you, yeah, he went bald. I thought you were saying somehow magically uh, the shape of his flat top. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, wait. <laughs> I went to some whimsical place. Yeah, you have to finish that up, buddy. <laughs> I thought you were saying that, like, he just, like, these, the mental stress that he had of, like, some for, form of, like, telepathy to, like, maintain the perfect angle of his flat top. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like a superpower, and he decided he was going to like shave it off because he'd rather be bald than have the responsibility oh. and uh, of the supernatural power. Oh, it's like Rogue wearing gloves. Yeah, yeah. But you know, then you then I thought about it for one second more. I was like, oh no, he just went. He he went bald. <laughs> yeah. No, we. <laughs> I like your way better. Um, Obviously, I'm, I think your way is better. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Who do you think of all the sports media people is the most successful at making this loss all about themselves? Well, 
That's a tough question. I would argue that Stephen A. made a strong case for it on Friday. Yeah, the other night was pretty intense. I won't name. Uh, I won't name a name uh, because we have some friends that work there, but a certain sports media company uh, that puts out many, many, many NBA-related podcasts. Uh, a lot of their hosts, man, have been just bending over backwards to make this loss about themselves or their own lives or draw some kind of connection that isn't there. I mean, that's what be happening, son. Yeah. That's what happens when you have to talk about your life. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Sometimes this shit is a mess. God damn it. Kobe's whole life is on film from, like, 1997 onward. I know. And we're just, like, crazy. watching it. It's fucking crazy. All right. Well, why don't we we move on? Saturday happened. Yeah. Saturday was kind of wild. This isn't really basketball related. Not yet. Uh, not quite. No. But uh, why don't you why don't you tell what happened? Well, you know, I've got a little hair up my butt, and uh, I've been sick, so I was like, you know, what about some karaoke? So I'll round up a small posse. Say, let's go to All Star Lanes, the uh, the most um, shabbiest bowling alley in all of Los Angeles. Yeah, situated on Eagle Rock Boulevard in my own my very own neighborhood. Uh, it is what can only be affectionately and accurately called a fucking dump. Yeah, it's something different, but it's an institution. You got to step through. Absolutely. It. You got that yeah. through. And they do karaoke, and nobody's in charge. Like, they no. just have a, um, like a Dell desk- desktop that's running Windows XP. <laughs> okay. Our friend, uh, our friend pointed out, uh, that the, the register behind the bar, the POS terminal, uh, had a mouse. <laughs> it's like, when's the last time you went to a fucking bar or a restaurant and their like their point of sale had a mouse? It wasn't like a touch screen or like just a plain old cash register. Yeah. It was just like a it was a Dell computer with a mouse. It's wild. The bartender has to walk to a completely different room every time you get a draft beer. He, uh, yeah, a friend of our, another friend ordered a Heineken. Uh, he pulled out a Rolling Rock when she said, "Oh, I, I, you said Heineken, not a, I don't want a Heineken, or I want a Heineken, not a Rolling Rock." He then left the bar for like seven minutes, yeah, <laughs> and then eventually came back with a with a Heineken from the the adjoining Chinese restaurant, which is also in the bowling alley. Uh, and uh, it's actually the home to uh, LA's young uh, all these hardcore scene. Ooh, that restaurant. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. It's like this is what a friend of the pod, Kaylin Kimball, was explaining to me is this is the kids, this is Occidental College. Like, 
there's just kids like this has been like a wild college bar for a while. Yeah. And I didn't quite put that together. Yeah, Obama went to college uh, right across the street, essentially. Um, my neighborhood is an accidental neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, you you see them a lot. It's wild. One time I went in there and uh, got a picture of Bud Light. I was like, let me get a picture of Bud Light. And they came back, you know, like eight minutes later, like, yo, we ran out of Bud Light, but we just topped you off with uh, some Natty Light. It's good. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we was like, do we get a discount? Or And they were just like, nah. And I'm like, dude, you, you gave me three quarters of a Bud Light, and then you topped it off with Drano. Uh, he topped it off with LaCroix with a hint of Drano in it. <laughs> what is, what's up? What's up, guys? Anyway, go to karaoke. And, you know, once again, nobody's in charge. Two women from what we find out later is a wedding reception. They've stepped up. They're hosting. Engagement party. It's an engagement party. Somebody's getting married. At All Star Lanes, yeah, and they seem to be children for sure. Like they, like these were people that they were like young, hot college students. Yeah, I seen a lot of cool hats, a lot of hats. We're we're maybe we're probably at least eight to ten years older than than most of them. Yeah, that was definitely the energy, and. Uh, Everything's pretty funky. Anyways, so you, what song did you perform? I feel like uh, Caitlin and I and and a few others uh, arrived after you. You had already done. Well, this is right? so far away. Carol King. I wanted to dedicate one to Kobe, and the crowd was kind of white. So I'm like, what's my sad white joint? <laughs> so far away. <laughs> there was one old. Um, I couldn't tell if he was Latino or if he was one of those um, white dudes with the crazy tan. But uh, he was super vibing. He was rocking with me hard. Nice. I do that. You guys roll in. We hang out for a while. And just as, like, me and Frank are about to come up. um, Right. You guys have been – Frank, I feel like – I've been waiting to do a song for so long, and he kind of like kept checking with them to be like, uh, "How much? How much longer?" Like he was so excited to say. Yeah, and he's like, and these people are so like, "Dude, we don't know what we're doing." Yeah, we're like, we just sat here. We can't get Norton antivirus to close <laughs> on this karaoke machine. So like, what the fuck? And like, right before it's about to be us. I guess the owner, some big dude with a face mask on, with a coronavirus <laughs> mask, comes up, and he's like, he shuts dude. First off, like, one of these art kids with a bandana around his chest, you know what I'm saying, like a fucking boxcar kid, he, like, sat down and was about to do some spoken word on his karaoke song, and they cut him off halfway through. 
and the dude with the mask is like, yo, y'all done. Um, and then the one of the girls. You know what? I was actually happy for that. <laughs> I was booing. You that were kid. actively heckling that kid, dude. He, I was like, there were people waiting to. My friends were waiting to sing a song, and this kid wants to turn like force a room full of strangers to like listen to him like fuck around. Yeah, he was about to definitely do an original poem. Yeah, you know, you know whatever. So he gets pulled. And then one of the, it's just like, you kind of like, there's like just some rumblings for like, what's going on? And then one of the people hosting the karaoke has the mic and she's like, yo, they talking about we owed him $300 for doing this. We fucking doing this for y'all. We bringing y'all business. And in my head, I'm like, well, I did specifically come here to do karaoke. So she's not, she's not wrong. She's not. And, like, the dude's, like, he's trying to say something, like, he's just like, I ain't asked y'all to do this. He's basically trying to finesse <laughs> these kids into, like, giving him some money. Something about renting out the room. I don't know. Yeah. They, yeah. There was a shouting match. It was crowded. There's, there's probably, like, 80 people in this room. It's It's a dump. There's only one bartender who seems like he never bartended before in his life. Yeah, it was just a lot uh, of different variables. And then suddenly, like an old uh, Armenian man and like a young, like beautiful, like woman with a shaved head are screaming at each other. I wasn't gonna. And, I wasn't uh, gonna mention that she was hot, just for the integrity of the story. I feel like you know, but she was kind of hot. Oh, yeah, no, she was definitely uh, very attractive. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the, the whole bar walks out at that point. The, the the parking lot is there. We There's about six or seven of us. Oh, but you skipped it's not that lit. The funniest part is oh. this dude's trying to get – he's trying to collect money and kick these people out. He's like, we got to – he's trying to kick us out the bar, talking about we owe this money. And she's like, yo, fuck that. The, this dude is trying to kick these people out, and the people he's trying to kick out have a mic with the <laughs> yep. These people are like actively starting a riot while he's like trying to kick somebody out and get $300. It was just the funniest. Like talk about no control. Yeah, it was it was definitely out of control. Uh the thing about Austin Lanes also is that like it is often a, a topic of conversation in the Eagle Rock neighborhood of, like, whether it's actually open or not. Um, there were a couple months there where it just wasn't open. Uh, people thought it had closed or it was going to get bulldozed or something. And then suddenly, without any kind of explanation, it's just open again. Uh, uh, and then, it, you know, it'll go away again. Uh, sometimes people film things there but it's not open. Uh, sometimes the Chinese restaurant in the bowling alley is open, but the bowling alley itself isn't open. It's a, it's a weird, it's a very weird place. Dude, like, what's life like when you don't need the money? I, I mean, maybe they didn't. You ever watch, uh, I think they might need it. You ever watch like restaurant impossible? Sure. Yeah. I think of like, you know, that show is essentially about like, people that own businesses that shouldn't. Yeah. It's about like men- mentally ill people who can't like, who can't operate things. 
And then, like, this guy comes in and uh, basically gives them a nicer version of the thing that they can't control. And I feel like Eagle Rock, or I'm sorry, uh, All Star Lanes would be a perfect candidate for, for like, a, a show like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to see them get better computers, though. I mean, somebody finally took the karaoke book for months. Every time I went in there, the karaoke book was just loose pages. It was not binded, and, like, people would always try to organize it, and I'm like, you're a fool. It was definitely... It's um, never going to work. Yeah, You'll find random loose leaf pages around. Although it looks like they got more organized. That might be those. That might be the, the work of those young women. Yeah. What honestly. if they did get the book laminated? Yeah. You fool! <laughs> Isn't that fucking Doctor Robotnik? This is a short video. Doctor yes. Robotnik and like Sonic Adventure Two. He's like, <laughs> you fool! <laughs> it's a good meme. Um, okay, so then, uh, we didn't want to end our night yet. We all climb into a, uh, large lift. Yeah, a, um, a lift, um, husky. We got into a husky-sized lift, and the the driver, he liked to vape. So what happened was... Uh, friend of the pod, uh, Caitlin Kimball, uh, says, is it okay if we vape in here? She's got a jewel. She wants to jewel. And the man responded by lifting up one of the full-on box vapes and said, can I vape in here? Yeah. And fucking blue, huge plumes of vape filling the car. Everyone goes, oh, Uh, our friend Frank was like, do you do competitive vaping? Um, (laughs) Okay, then what happened? Well, basically, we discovered that we we fucked with the right one. Uh, This guy was basically just uh, running a party bus. Yeah, so he had, like, what was it, like a GMC Yukon or something? Well, look, he had a vehicle. I don't want to – I don't want the board – I know that the Lyft – I know that the head offices at Lyft listen to this, okay? But, yeah, he had, like, a he had like a GMC Yukon Denali with yeah. the work, with a GPS, with a screen that lifted up, and he had fucking airplane bottles <laughs> – yeah, he hit like a button and like the his little GPS screen goes feeling just stacks of bottles back there. It was so sick. He fucking made his drinks. He we, we asked him to go into the drive through at Jack in the Box. We gave him we had to give him like some cash for him to do it. Then we find out he vapes. Then he's like, Who who <laughs> needs a shot? Then he hops out Gives me a tequila with a pineapple juice on ice. Yeah. While we're in, like, he, his car's in parked in the drive-thru at Jack in the Box, and he literally goes to the back of the car and makes us drinks with ice. Bruh. It was sick. It, then, on top it of was that, sick. dude loves Law & Order. He watches all the <laughs> Chicago shows. This is my dude. He's a Dick Wolf Universe dude. Yeah. 
I think um, I'm going to make this decision right now uh, without Peter here. Jamel, you tell me whether this is good or not. If you do become our $1,700 a month Patreon uh, and you fly out to L.A. or whatever city uh, to enjoy a basketball game, to hang out with us, I think this guy will be our driver oh, for the oh, entire weekend. fucking right. You think I didn't take his number down? Yeah. I know you took his number down. Oh, yeah. No, we're <laughs> tapped in. I'm not convinced, like, you and this guy might not be roommates by the end of the month. Yo, there's a good chance. My lease is up in the summer, and there's a good chance me and this dude are going to live together and switch places. That's totally what I would be doing in a different universe, is just riding around letting people get tossed up in my car. With a fucking <laughs> with a second Dreamcast back there. You fools. <laughs> and fucking tension, like, yeah. happening every... Yeah, son. Oh, we're just running... We're just running old SVUs. He was a criminal intent guy, though, which I didn't expect. He likes the character work of Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, dude. But he didn't know who his name. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who's that dude? Uh, kind of weird dude. He's like tall. He's like the first guy. He's like better than Jeff Goldblum. And you said Vincent D'Onofrio like three times. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? The dude. <laughs> Maybe you say to think of the character. Dude. Yeah. And it's also um, not wrong. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and the uh, Tudor character from Mighty Ducks 2. Um, he has to coach a game. When uh, Bom- Bombay uh, feels he's like severely depressed because he's been fucking the uh, trainer for Team Iceland, and he's about to lose his fucking Hendrix ice skates deal. So the dude, why are we talking about Mighty Ducks? Well, because that's Vincent D'Onofrio's partner in Criminal Intent. But oh, sorry, I missed I missed that connection. Yeah, uh, Catherine Herb. Well, look, we're, it's that's neither here nor there. Uh, you were saying? Oh, no. Anyways, yeah, I think I can totally see you uh, doing this. I also think this feels like a plot to Law & Order SVU. Like, I think, like, where was she the last time she was seen? She was, like, work, like she was driving for Party Express. Uh, what's that? What's that? <laughs> like, and then Ice T's like, it's a car service for, uh, that pimps use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they pick up Johns and they can get a real drunk. Yeah, and then it's pretty sick, Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that dude fucking ruled. We won't say his name just in case the the Lucio is uh, is listening. Yeah, but yeah, we, we out, but yeah, super sick. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, I don't know. We played the longest game of Settlers of Catan, I guess. Yeah, I got, got a, I don't enjoy that game. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry I made you give me your woods and bricks, and I still didn't win. Yeah, that's right. I was like, just trying to help you out. Um, then, what happened today, Jamel? What did happen today? Um. I don't know. So just, I mean, you and I saw each other again. Super Bowl. Oh uh, yes, my boy. Wow, you guys put me up on a wild TV show. Oh right. 
that's what we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, the circle. Uh, I, I introduced Jamel to the circle. What is up? Uh, if, you, if you don't know what the circle is, it is a reality show on Netflix uh, in which contestants uh, are put inside of an apartment building. They are not allowed to see each other. They're all in their own little apartments, and they are only interacting with each other through a social network called The Circle. Uh, and they have to vote on on who they like the best out of the eight, rank them all, and then the people that get the top rankings get to choose who gets blocked from the circle. Uh, it sounds silly. It's like Big Brother or Love Island if, like, nobody got to see each other's faces. Uh, some people are catfishing. Some people it's, have their moms there with them. competitive catfishing. Yeah. Is what... Uh, yeah, but I feel like, Jamel, we had a bit of an idea while watching it. This is after the Super Bowl. Shout out to J-Lo and Shakira. Uh, fucking crush. First it. off, let's keep it real. Shakira was a little better. But only a little. Okay? You can't, like... I think if you put J-Lo in, if you reverse their order, you would say, hey, J-Lo is really good. It's just like, mm, it's I, like when Morris Day and the Time okay. had to open for Prince. And they would just like, they would just crush Prince. But it's Prince. So like, how bad could it be? I feel like <clears throat> we don't have to pit these women against each other. There you go. That's the Marianne Williamson shit I was looking for. <laughs> At the end of the day, they did, can, like, they they ended the thing in a show of love and admiration for each other in unity by wiggling their asses yes. to all of they America great together. The point yeah. of the show should have been J-Lo is crushing whatever Madonna did. End of story. I do think the the rotating pole she was on, mm-hmm. uh, it what it didn't seem stable enough. Like she was kind of wobbling on it, not through her own fault, but it was like the thing, the whatever the contraption was, uh, it seemed like it was going to tip over. At well, that's moment. just because, and I wor- it was because they had the kids from the punt, pass, and kick competition spinning it around underneath. <laughs> The platform. The NFL is just like a child labor like uh, run organization. Yeah, if you look at any big halftime show they do, they got a thousand kids just running around out there. Them kids don't want to be there. Kids don't like Jason Aldean, okay? It's not. <laughs> fuck that. Anyway, so then we went and watched the circle. Yes. Circle um, is insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, football. Who, who won again? The Chiefs? No, uh, the Chiefs yes, won, right? The Chiefs. From, uh, I, we, did, we we barely watched the Super Bowl. Uh, you guys are wild. I but, can't believe you guys are straight and you didn't watch the Super Bowl. That's crazy. We had the game on. Angelica was flipping to the puppy bowl a lot, but sure, uh, sure. we were mostly just cook, cooking and eating. I get it. And enjoying each other's company. Yeah, yeah. you guys, you guys are like some fucking woodsmen. Y'all up there fucking <laughs> doing crafts. Um, so then we watch a circle, and I feel like Jamel, you and I came up with a good idea that we need to work I think on we an idea for our, our own game yeah, show. Could be beta tested, 
It's something we're trying to figure out. Um, so here's our idea. It's it's ten people. Nine of them are black. One of them is white. But they're all using white profiles. And you have to figure out which one's the white guy. And all of your rankings are based okay. on the rankings are based on who you think is the whitest. See, here's the thing. I feel like this would be well. Maybe that's what why it's good. I was gonna say like I think like oh this this is racist yeah. No 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 I know I actually I don't think it's racist. Uh, I think it's okay to make fun of white people. Um, that's not racist. It's never wrong. Uh, but we uh like. Black people have a natural, like, practice of, like, talking white, quote-unquote, uh, as opposed to white people who uh, suck at, like, you know, African-American vernacular. Like, uh, so would it be funnier if it's the white guy has to pretend to be black? Whoa. So it's like everybody's black, but there's only one white person, the white mole. Is a white mole. That's interesting. That also a little more racist, but interesting. Definitely more potential for like actual racism. But it um, is interesting. But it could also be good if you got like a, like a really kind-hearted, nice person who is earnestly trying to like fit in with the black people rather than, like, mock them. Oh, you mean like um, um, Mayor Mike Bloomberg? No, I was thinking, like, what if Tim Baltz, like, was the guy? <laughs> yeah. That could work. See, I think, yeah. This is interesting. Okay. Right. Well, I just think, like, you know, minorities, as you know, like are tend to for, are forced to be uh, to code switch in our society, uh, whereas white people have uh, don't have to do that. And so, it would be nice to see, I guess, yeah, force them to code switch for once. You know, the the bullshit is. I feel like I feel like white people who can do it are rewarded double. Oh yeah, that's a good angle. Actually, you're right about that. We don't want to. Why, why reward these people for tell, you know what, I mean? what Eminem has already done? Yeah, it's like fucking hip hop grandma. <laughs> Fuck you, hip hop <laughs> grandma. <laughs> Are you thinking of from like the wedding yeah, singer? Fuck that lady. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gonna, yeah, uh, hip hop grandma. If you're out there, yeah, appropriate look, cool mode. Shut up. Look, you're probably already probably already dead, lady, but if you're not, I hope you die. Ooh, take that. No, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a real old yeah, lady. I feel we bad didn't, now. Look, <laughs> we're still, man, fuck. You know what? How about this? Fuck you, Adam Sandler, for making an old lady yeah. do that. Yeah. This, this is all his fault. Mm, I like the Sandman. Ah, uh, fuck him. Uh, I'll cut your gems. Bitch. 
Yeah, call me when the it's a uh, uncut hogs. Right? Yo, yeah, we got to do more hog stuff this year. We got locked on hogs coming. This feels loose like a like a Patreon episode. We got locked on uh, hogs. So what? Are, yeah, uh, but yeah, we uh, that's Jamal and I's game show that we wanted to talk about. And then is there anything else? Oh, we want you and I wanted to discuss a basketball related topic. Um. Um. Yeah. It's a little, it's it's a little sensitive. <clears throat> I feel like Peter and and you and I will want to discuss it more once Peter's back yeah. from uh, his, I don't know, the journey to Mecca that he's on right yeah, now. He's becoming um, a black Israelite in Miami. Yeah, fucking a Mecca Okafor is what I'm gonna yeah, call him. Being led by uh, Scott Storch. Yeah, um, but. Uh, I have developed a theory, and I think you're kind of, if not on board, you are open to I'm it. receptive to this theory. Yeah. Uh, I have recently come to realize that J.R. Smith, he of uh, most lately the Cleveland Cavaliers, now on, on, an unsigned player, uh, I think he's he is going, he is separated from his wife, Right now, uh, I think he's becoming an incel. Well, uh, this is Mr. Shirtoff. This is Mr. Shirtoff. This is Mr. You trying to get the pipe. Uh, if you go to J.R. Smith's Instagram account lately, uh, he's been posting a lot of weird men's rights activist kind of things. Uh, he posted something recently about, uh, when a man can't pay for a kid, he goes to jail. When a woman can't pay for her kid, she gets welfare. And then, like, a bunch of, like, thinky face, <laughs> like, emojis in the caption. Uh, I am worried that JR has too much time on his hand and is clicking too many, like, Joe Rogan podcast links and going down rabbit holes he shouldn't be going down. I hear your theory. It does concern me. Um, he is an institution as well. It's much like All-Star Lanes, a flawed institution. <laughs> um, he posted a lot of Adele a few years ago. Right. Uh, it, it came to our attention that he uh, <clears throat> apparently was very into Adele for a stretch because he would just post screen grabs of him listening to songs and talking about his emotions. Yeah, which is a little less incel-ish. Right. It's weird, right? It's weird, though. If J.R. Smith's an incel, what are the rest of us going to do? It's over, Um, right? It's over. I mean, I think Peter can't be happy about the 2016 finals anymore, right? Yeah, we we have to take his banner down. What do we do as men if J.R. Smith, one of the crunkest among us, is a fucking Pepe <laughs> yeah, the crunkest frog. among us. If he puts up a Pepe frog, what do we do? Um, I don't know. I think we have to be sad, right? It's like, do we? The problem is everybody's in sales now, I feel like. Everybody's fucking, I feel like. I feel like 70% of America is misogynist. Loki. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I think that's pretty well documented. It's crazy to me. But I don't think that makes everybody an incel. I think it makes everybody the Joker. <laughs> you were uh you were over, you were bordering on some some jokerdom yourself recently uh after Bradley Beal was snubbed as an all-star. Yeah, I lost my mind and uh I made my I started yelling at people on Twitter. I told my friends that they couldn't be fans of the team anymore. <laughs> what? Cuz I go crazy. I go a little too far. And maybe I said that whoever voted for Trey Young should be ashamed of themselves, which isn't fair. Trey Young is very good at basketball. Who cares? If- mm, I think, like, okay, any fans that want to vote for Trey Young, I think is fun. Like, you, if you're in Atlanta, like he's your best player. You want to see him. You want to see him play. Cool. Uh, I I say any media member uh, or player or player or coach that like voted for him like should be ashamed of themselves. Yes, that's more fair. He is on one of the worst basketball teams I've ever seen, and um, most of what he does is just launch threes, which yeah. is not that fun. But whatever. Are you saying are you are you anti uh anti the three point shot? I'm sort of anti long ball. And I know I said that and I'm and I'm like, I'm into Dame and that's what he does, but like there's been games of dames this year where all he's doing Game, games of dames. There's games of dames is Judy mm-hmm. Dench. There's Judy Dench games where he <laughs> just he does nothing but launch forty footers. And the game sucks. I watched a whole game between, like, them and the Mavs, like, a week and a half ago, whenever they were on TNT, and it blew dick. The whole game is just people bricking threes. I'm like, dude, ain't anyone run a play? Just someone try to go to the basket the basket's right there, guys. <laughs> it really sucks. Anyways, but the point is, you know. You're the joker now. I'm the joker now, and I don't think Trey Young should be a starter. And everybody who hit me up talking about Trey Young average 29.2, Bradley Beal averages 28.6. And we've beat Atlanta three times this year. What do you want? Right. You're a better team. Uh, you're. I think the Wizards are about four or five wins better. They're um, probably more like three to four wins better. We're all in the basement. I just... Yeah, but it's it's also like a thing of like, doesn't Brad get any kind of respect? I mean, the league, he was second in peer voting. Yeah, he got voted an all-star starter by his peers, which I think should be more valuable anyways. Yeah, it's like, because, I mean, there's supposed to be some sort of balance of seniority plus stats plus the, the you know, success of the team. Like, yeah. 
the year the Atlanta Hawks got three guys, that wasn't supposed to happen either. But they just have, were having a really good year. I don't know. Well, was there any other snubs in your eyes? I mean, Devin Booker, that's a snub. <coughs> that's a big snub. Is, um, is there a third? I mean, like, is Jason Tatum an all-star this year? No. Is Bam Adebayo a starter this year or an all-star this year? I I don't know how I feel about him. How do you feel about I'm him? I'm sort of, it's like, once again, this is like, we're giving the Heat credit for having a good year. But, like, then again, the thing, yeah. how, many, how many centers are there that are, like, he's having a better year than Al Horford is. Right, but like, does he deserve? Do, do the Heat deserve two All Stars? I don't know. I don't know. And why is Trey Young in the Rising Stars game? Yeah, one or the other, buddy. One of the fucking other. Why do they have him? Do they? And they got Luca out there. What's up? Seems weird. These are spots that could have went to guys who are actually like in that kind of realm of, like, on the way up. Like, these guys are starters. We're talking about stars versus rising stars. What the fuck? Troy Brown Jr. should have been on there. Matej Seibel should have been on there. Yeah. For sure. Where's he from? Sixers. No, I mean, like, is he American? Uh, I don't know. Mo Wagner should have made that. it. Mo Wagner's been gone half the fucking year. They only put him on there because he's the only German guy. That's true. Maybe they were struggling to find, fill out a whole thing. But, you know, Mo's a friend of the pod, so let's, uh, let's be cool. I mean, look, first off, Mo is my dad and my son. Congrats. He got nothing but respect. But just, he's been gone for weeks. And I, you, it's like you can make the same case for Rui, but Rui was having a better year, stat-wise. And one of his fucking nuts exploded. You got to honor that. That's different. <laughs> no, you're right about That's that. That's different. Uh they should show some respect to Rui's testimony. Yeah, I think Kyle Lowry should have made the team. The Rising Stars team? Yeah, he should have been a Rising Stars. <laughs> he should have been the captain of the world team because he lives in Toronto, Canada. Come on, committee. <clears throat> Lowry didn't yeah, make Yeah, Adam Silver fixed this. Hold up. What are you done? Lowry made it. And that's what I also think. It's wild that Lowry made it over Bradley Beal. Yeah. It's it's strange. And I'm like, I didn't, like, Kyrie wasn't an all-star this year, but, like, what's, remember when Pippen made an all-star team and didn't play at all? I mean, like. Yeah, this, Jimmy Butler did that, too. Yeah, like, dude, what's up? If we're putting names in, you don't want to see Kyrie's crazy ass out there? 
Yeah, you do. Yeah, he. Uh... You want Kyrie in the Kobe All Star tribute game? He literally used sure to argue with this nigga at Olympic practice. The league wants him there. I don't understand why they didn't just shove him in, shove him in there. <laughs> um, Jamal, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, it's coming up to be. We're coming up on the hour mark. Uh, this has been a rambling podcast. Rambling, uh, rambling. It's been a rambling week. It's been a it's been a tough week, but uh, you know it's good. It's good getting to see you a lot and yeah. be with uh, friends and uh, be emotional together. Um, so uh, thank you for being my friend. Oh shit! Well, thank you for allowing me in your life, Michael Benner, and I, it's an honor to be your friend. And I thank you for your friend tutelage. Uh, right back at you, baby. And- Jamal, is there anything you want to plug? I know we got PodstarWeekend.com coming PodstarWeekend.com, come through. We're chopping. Yeah. We're if you don't have your ticket set and you're in L.A., uh, fucking do that, man. Go to PodstarWeekend.com. Uh, it's at the Virgil, February 13th. Uh, Dunktown, Round Ball Rock, The Fragrant Ones, a.k.a. Uh, Sean and Hayes, the, hand, the Hollywood Handbook Boys, plus Carl Tart. Well, uh, yeah, we got a bunch you know, of – We got a lot of people – we got a lot of pool. We got a pool of a lot of people. Uh, picks, you know. We'll see who makes it. Yeah. We'll see who makes it. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so go to PostarWeekend dot com uh, at nonprofit comic on Twitter for Jamel wow. uh, at Airbuds Pod on Twitter and Instagram for the Airbuds. Anything else? Uh, that's it. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.